Welcome to the Stainless Souls Podcast, brought to you by the Realization of Stainless Souls, a come-as-you-are church of recovery and discovery. Today is episode 8, What is Oneness? What is it that we mean when we say, we are all one? So today we're going to talk about oneness. What does it mean when we say one love, one spirit, one soul, one life? And not what do we yogis mean or we metaphysicians mean, because we'll get into that. But what is it that general people mean when they have a bumper sticker that says we are all one what do they mean by that or what do they think that might mean when I talk to people oftentimes the topic comes up about we're all one and we're all the same and the conversation centers around the idea well we're all human so we're all the same, or we're all from humanity, or we have all originated from the same place, and maybe even we're all going to the same place. And certainly those discussions and those definitions and ideas have merit, but I believe that you'll find in your meditation practices over time, that there's more to it than when we say we're all one. What we mean is we're all human, or we all live on the same planet, and if there's some kind of planetary destruction, we're all going to be subject to that. We're all going to the same place. We all came from the same place. But none of the basic conversations or layperson conversations that I have with people get into the idea that literally we are all one. Meaning that there is no separation between me and you. There is no separation between me and a tree. Or a tree and a blade of grass. There is no separation between God and anything else. So what we yogis mean, or we metaphysicians mean when we say we are all one, is that we are literally all one. And that becomes very difficult for many people to comprehend or accept and usually we get into another discussion well how can that be I mean obviously I'm separate from you I have a body you have a body we're in different places and so it's usually better for someone like me to exit a conversation like that early rather than try to get involved into the depths of the meaning 
or the depths of the truth because most people are just unwilling or unable to accept something that they cannot experience through their five senses. So today I thought we would discuss oneness from the metaphysical perspective, the yogi perspective, and see if we can't create a little bit of clarity around the idea of oneness. I was talking to a very dear and old friend earlier today, and inevitably the conversation turned toward spirituality. And we were talking about the path and how long I have been on the path and how long many people are on the path. And he sort of alluded to the idea that he'd like to go faster. He would like to pick it up a lot faster than I did or most people do. And I said to him, you know, when you're visiting someone in the hospital and they have an intravenous bag hanging over their bed, and that little bag is just dripping a little bit at a time into the bloodstream of the patient. And you might think that by squeezing that bag really hard and putting all of the medicine into the person at once, that that would make them heal and feel better faster. But we know that's not true. We know that it has to drip a little bit at a time. And a lot of the conversations that we're going to have, and this is one of those, are like that, where you can't get the whole intravenous bag in one sitting and be an expert on that concept or that idea or that teaching. The medicine has to drip, and your body, mind, and spirit has to accept the medicine drop by drop. And hopefully each successive drop builds upon the successes of the previous drop. And in time you begin to comprehend more and more of what you find. The talks, the teachings, the affirmations are only meant to augment or supplement the practice all of your wisdom is going to come from meditation. What you're going to learn and what you're going to accept as the truth eventually, you may have read in a book, you may have heard in a talk, but your discovery or your realization of it as true is going to happen on a meditation cushion. Teachers serve as signposts or lampposts or lighthouses to show the way, but they are not the way. They simply express, this is what I've done, this is what I learned. If you want to learn what I've learned, you have to do what I've done. 
but we cannot as teachers express anything to another person as absolute. That is the primary reason or one of the primary reasons why major religions are failing society as far as getting society to come to know God is because they are designed to teach and the congregations are expected to accept the teaching without any criticism whatsoever. And when they have questions, for the most part, they are taught to rely on blind faith. Fake it till you make it. Metaphysics and yoga are vastly different in that regard. We teach you to not take anything that we say as, if you will, gospel. Maybe take it as a signpost, something you should look into. But the truth of the universe, the higher power, yourself with a small s, yourself with a capital S, is already within you. You have to find it. And the seeking of the truth is done when the noise and chatter and chaos of the physical universe is turned off. The five senses are turned off. And you can quietly exist in the presence of the absolute. And the absolute is silence. But in the silence is God. In fact, Father Thomas Keating, who was a Trappist monk, taught that the language of God is silence. And for those of you who are Catholic or Christians or consider yourselves recovering Christians or recovering Catholics, I highly recommend Father Thomas Keating's work on meditation, which he called centering prayer or contemplative prayer. And naturally there are books that you can read. And he also had a film made about his metaphysical journey or his mystical journey. I think it was called Silent Tide Rising. And it talks about how he came to be a meditator. Anyway, back to today's topic of oneness and unity. Again, you have to take this in drips because the whole encyclopedia on oneness or unity is like getting the whole intravenous bag squeezed into your arm, thinking that it'll make you better faster. So I'm going to speak at a high level and I'm going to try to use metaphors or allegories to help, help you imagine and envision the concept. So imagine, not in this universe, but just imagine, let's say, a bucket with a lid on it that is in the middle of nothing. And we're only using the bucket for the sake of explanation. And inside that bucket, which exists in the center of nothing, is awareness, pure awareness, and nothing else. 
And that awareness has very little to no comprehension or cognition of the bucket when the bucket is there. It's just pure awareness. And now imagine that the the lid on the bucket disintegrates and awareness is allowed to spread out upward above the bucket into infinity. And this awareness is not like any physical matter that you might understand. So as it expands into infinity in a line above the bucket, it doesn't lose any density. It remains consistent in density, just pure awareness. And now the bottom of the bucket disappears and pure awareness starts to expand in an infinite line below the bucket, not losing any density either, just pure awareness. And then the walls of the bucket, it's essentially a cylinder, dissolve. And now the pure awareness that was in the bucket is uncontained and it is spreading in every direction without losing density as pure awareness and nothing else. And it's expanding into, if you remember, nothingness. So now you have an uncontained or infinite space, if you would consider a dimension of space already, of nothing but pure awareness. It's no different than the awareness that was in the bucket. It's exactly the same as the awareness that's in the bucket. It's just an uncontained awareness that exists everywhere in this imaginary universe or this imaginary space that we're describing here. And so now you have to ask, well, what is it aware of? And you might have to really become self-centered as you think about this. It's pure awareness, and it exists in a space of nothingness uniformly in every direction. What is it aware of? And if you think about it, for just two seconds, you realize that, well, there's nothing to be aware of because the only thing that exists is pure awareness. But it has to be aware of something if it's pure awareness. And that's true. And it's aware of itself. It's aware of itself. And there's nothing else to be aware of. And this awareness that exists uniformly in into infinity into every direction exists in eternity it is forever aware of itself because that's all there is there is nothing else to be aware of eternity is a long time eternity is a heck of a long time to just be aware of self so at some point potentially this awareness begins to form ideas and in awareness ideas don't happen in words so there's no like talking to itself Um, I doubt that it could do that at that time there's just pure awareness but pure awareness wants to begin to share awareness or share anything with anything else but there is nothing else So the first thing that awareness would have to do in order to share anything is create something else. And using its imagination inside of itself, inside of awareness itself, it creates 
an object within itself. Maybe a tree. And now, in the infinite space of uniform awareness, exists the form of a tree. Now, the tree is the same uniformity of awareness as everywhere else in the space that awareness has expanded into. From the perspective of the original awareness, it has created something from itself that it can be aware of, this form of a tree, for example. And the awareness begins to appreciate the idea of creating something of itself that it can be aware of besides itself. And so it begins pondering other forms of creation that it might bring into its awareness in order to limit the limited experience of being awareness of self only. And so maybe at this point... The awareness creates light, white light, at first. And it begins to toy with white light, and it realizes that the idea of white light can be expanded across a colorful spectrum. Now again, it's not using any words as it does this. It's just using imaginative awareness to create things other than self to be aware of. And it likes the light. It enjoys being aware of the light. And so now there's a tree and light and the awareness. But everything is the same uniformity, the same density, the same filling of original space of nothingness in every direction into infinity of the original awareness. And then things really start to get interesting. So there's light in the tree and the original awareness. Now, in reality, if you will, there's only awareness still. The same density and the same uniformity in every direction in that space of nothing. Nothingness is awareness. But awareness itself is aware of a tree and of light that it created from itself. And maybe you're already coming to the conclusions that I'm going to bring about here that from light, there's different densities of light. Some densities of light might be considered thought. Some densities of thought might be considered sound. Some densities of thought or sound or light might be considered gas or vapor. Some densities of light or sound or thought or awareness might be considered liquid. And then solid matter and life and flesh and bone and blood and man and the awareness continues through this evolutionary thought process creating 
and recreating from the original material, awareness, all of creation that exists. It's all made of the same thing, from the same thing. And it is the same thing. It is the original awareness of self with a capital S that is uniform across infinity and has always been uniform across all infinity and will always be uniform across all infinity. Eternity. Eternal awareness. Everything that is happening in the physical universe that we perceive as phenomena and we perceive those through our five senses is happening within the original awareness. Now, some people would name the original awareness as the mind of God. And they would tell you that you yourself exist within the mind of God. Your mind exists within the mind of God. And you have a part obviously, of God within you. But he gave you an additional gift called free will. And with that free will, you have the capability to create in the physical universe yourself. So you can have ideas, and you can take those ideas and sound them out with your voice and visualize them with your imagination and talk to your peers about whatever those ideas are. And eventually you can bring something that previously did not exist into the universe. And you have a choice to spend all of your existence or part of your existence or none of your existence in facilitating things for yourself that are of the material and physical dimension. You also have free choice to ignore completely the physical dimension, and I understand there's limits to that, and become aware of the awareness that you are. And as you travel that path toward the realization of awareness, your own awareness first, and ultimately universal awareness, you'll begin to discover the true meaning, the ideal meaning of oneness. We really are all one. We really are all made of not just the same chemicals, we're made of the same awareness uniformly. So that's the climax of today's talk we really are all one because we are all of the same awareness and we all share the same awareness and it's not like sharing a loaf of bread where when the bread's gone the youngest child at the end of the table gets left out it's not that kind of share 
It's we are all of the same origin. And we are all the same. Now, in order to pull this off, the original awareness had to delude us a little bit, cause delusion or an illusion. Because if we all knew for all time that we were all one and exactly how we were all one, then we would all merge right back into our origin and that original awareness would be back where it started from. Aware of what? There is nothing else. Just aware of self. So from that perspective, the yogis teach that this drama that we experience when we incarnate into these physical bodies is really meant to entertain God and us and educate us as to the truth. There is no separateness. There is no rejoining or merging. We already are joined and merged and one in reality. But we are made to think or believe that we're separate. So I think 32 minutes is more than enough time of this kind of abstraction. And as usual, my challenge to you is meditate on this idea. Who are you? Why are you here? Where are you from? And maybe in a week, all the answers will come. Or maybe in five years. Or maybe in another lifetime. But everything you need to know, everything that you want to know, is within you now. As you struggle with this, which most of you will, just remember that a part of you is incorruptible, invulnerable, immortal, and stainless. Stainless souls, each and every one of them.